Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolak, and with me all the way across the pond is the Gold Wall Street Journal's gold standing and ghost hunting, not mine, Mr. Steve Parsons. I should be yours. Yeah, right. What, are you telling me that I'm not? Not? Of course you're not. I absolutely am. The Wall Street Journal said so twice. Yeah, the Wall Street Journal, but not me. Who are you? Yeah, so there you go. I just said that. The Wall Street Journal's gold standard goes on, but... But not yours. But not mine. Well, who is your gold standard in ghost hunting? I gold standard in ghost hunting? You couldn't hold up to him. Are you going to tell me who he or she is? Yeah, Bill Murray. Who? Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. Now there's a name to conjure with. Anyway, hey, I was looking at the news and I saw something right up your uh, your uh, alley there. Really? Ghost, ghost monk spotted at Tinneran Abbey in Wales. You know what that Tin, is? Tintern Abbey. Tinneran. Tinneran. No, Tintern. Tintern. I'll tell you what, the easy way to do it, think Tinternet. I'll just Tinternet. take out the, yeah, Tinternet Abbey. Okay, so, yeah, you know anything about this? Uh, well, it's been it's been a report, it haunted place for many, many, many years. Um, the fact that, which newspaper was it in? Uh, it's on the, uh, it's on a website. Oh, yeah. Wow, this looks pretty cool. It's a, that's a cool place. It is a cool place. I've Have you been there? It. I've been there several times. Uh, not ghost hunting though, just visiting as a tourist. They don't. They don't let you ghost hunt there. I had no desire to. Okay. Why not? Because. Uh, because I just. You know, sometimes you just don't. Sometimes you just want to go and look at the location and enjoy the the scenery and the atmosphere and the history yeah. and. Well, why wouldn't you want to just? You don't have to always. Get, you don't always have to be on the lookout for ghosts. Yeah, but I mean, would you want to see it? Well, of course I'd want to see it, but that doesn't mean to say I'm going there exclusively to see it. I didn't set off to go and look for the ghost at Tintin Abbey. I set off to go and look at Tintin Abbey. Anything else is the icing on the cake. Oh wow! Look at this. Yeah, so this is a this is today's uh, article. Oh. Well, until you post a link onto the Facebook page for Ghost I can't do all that. Chronicles International. Well, I can't, can't see it then, can I? It says this woman, uh, yeah, she's like, oh, wow. She describes herself as a, oh, you'll love this one. Okay. <laughs> this 19-year-old woman is self-described ghost hunter and paranormal enthusiast. Uh, Rosie oh God. Bouton. It must be French. Claims she re- recently visited Tentonet Abbey. All right, watch. It. Let's get to the. Let's cut to the meat and potatoes. 
Ya, What's she sure. selling? Ya. Evet. <gülüyor> she would visited the Abbey with some of her friends. They claimed they saw nothing, but felt the presence, which was strong enough to chase them out. There we are then. Not, but not before Rosie took pictures of the Abbey. Hey! Often the case, you can see the ghost of the monk right here in the Abbey. I'll have to post this now. Uh, yeah, you have to. Yeah. Although you could spare our listeners the hassle of having to look at the. Cr- no, I mean this is um, just to just to see. No, the, I mean what? Just to see what the. Is it a YouTube channel? Is it a new series? Has she got a ghost hunting events company? No. What is it? Because oh, or is this just a personal ego one? Just a person? No, she's a, <laughs> a, a amateur ghost hunter, and this is what she got, and this is what it's all about. An amateur. Well, ghost she's not much of a ghost hunter if she ran away. Now is she? Well, wait a minute. Caps ran away. I rest my case. Ooh, they're not going to speak to you. You talk like that. Hey, I'm bad. Oh, by they the... don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, as I found out when they came over to do that, when Jason Hawes came to the UK to do that show, and I thought, I know, I'll follow him on Twitter and see what he says, only to discover I'd been blocked by him. Mm. That was so cool, that. Life is sad. That's the moment when you realise I am actually the gold standard in ghost hunting, because if Jason Hawes blocks you, you have reached the pinnacle of your career. I guess so. Well, it's better than advertising Rooty Toot Plumbers, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. So where am I supposed to post this thing? Uh, Ghost Chronicles International Facebook page. Facebook page, okay. Yeah, right. then I'll be able to see it. All right, so while I do Just this... Just above Nikola Tesla. While I do this, you got anything? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's... We've been... Uh, it actually follows up from um, last night's Westfile show. Um, you our local... You took a sabbatical for the summer. Oh, we're back now, season two. Um, we... Our local council, we have a, a woodland near us, it's, and it's very popular with families and with children. And I'm sure you've seen this trend um, of for fairy doors that are attached to plants and trees and rocks. Um, I'm sure it's popular in America as it is over here. Well, our local council went into the woodland and removed um, to a skip all of the fairy doors and all of the little ornaments and shells and feathers. The the children... Exactly. So, um, needless to say, there was some outrage by the, the fairy folk of West Wales because fairies feature in our folklore and in our history and mythology out here. And um, a petition has has um, started now um, because of this outrageous act by our local council in devastating. I mean, I, I, the mind boggles at the um, the crassness of, of of it. And of course, you've got some of the environmentalists saying, "Oh, it was an eyesore. No, the poor birds. To hell with the poor birds. What about the poor fairies who've just been evicted without notice?" Without any form of... So we're, we've, we've uh, got behind a campaign, a petition. Um, we started it last night. We're getting behind it now next week's show. And um, we're going we're gonna to push the council to get that thing sorted out and reinstate the fairy homes in West Wales. Good, I think. Because yeah. it's, it's, it's beyond outrageous that they could be... I mean, you've got to... I mean, it's, it's rather like telling kids that Santa isn't real. That's true. And there are, there are a lot of people that believe in fairies. 
Well, they, it's not it's not just the fact that they did it. It's the fact that it's the crass way in which they went about it because a group of club, club-footed, heavy-booted council uh, employees went into the woods and, and just trashed all of the things and left it all piled up in um, in skips and in, in, in sort of broken piles of um, rubbish. Oh, that's a shame. You know, and it, it's just, I mean, you imagine the poor kids when they go there. I mean, even if they'd sent letters around or posted notices up to say, mm-hmm. you know, we are going to have to sort this problem out um, in some manner, I'm sure that a more amicable solution than just sending in the, you know, the... Did you open it up to public debate or anything? No, it just happened. Um, I've posted the link to the story, um, which which was in the West, our local paper, the Western Telegraph, and it says fairy doors, trinkets, other decorations, which have appeared in the branches, the roots, and trunks of the trees in the woodland over the last few months, were removed Thursday, July 9th. All that remains of the cast-aside ruins of the colourful doors and the odd pile of sparkling gravel which once filled the elven gardens. Oh. An anonymous caller called the fairy doors had just been removed. Children and parents had decorated the trees um, over the, the summer months and it's very disappointing um, that they weren't causing any issue at all. Yes. Um, some people have uh, said to have been disappointed um, and it's and, and you know comments range from it's totally unwarranted, very unfair on the parents and children that turn up to, to see the doors. I mean, it's become a sort of local attraction. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, you know the environmentalists have decided that um, they didn't like it. Oh, that's a shame. So um, they've just gone trashed along it. and totally trashed it. Yeah. Totally trashed it. Yeah, basically. That's a shame. So, um, yeah, so there's a petition, and um, we, we, we're getting behind it on the West Files and hopefully Ghost Chronicles as well. We want the fairy doors reinstated, and we want ret- um, recompense to be paid to the fairies. Because, as, as is well known in this part of the world, you don't cross the fairies, because it's very, it, it, it never ends well if you do cross them. Never ends well. well. So I hope, I hope the local authorities will be um, dealt with swiftly by the fairy folk. I agree with you. I totally agree with you. In a, uh, another related article, I don't know how it's related, but I remember <laughs> on one of the, the Paranormal News show, you talked about a woman who was having sex with a ghost. Many yeah. Yeah, and actually, no, I, I got yeah, I got asked by a local by a, by an inter, by a national newspaper last year, um, and and actually wanted to have ghosts with the baby. Well, guess what? It's been revealed that uh, several other women have uh, revealed that they have had sex with ghosts, and uh, it's now becoming a trend. Well, it's actually been joined in by some of the celebrities as well. I mean, we've got a number of celebrities down the years have come forward to have claimed variously that they have had sex with, with ghosts and spirits. Yeah. And, of yeah. course, the most famous of all, uh, the Virgin Mary. She never claimed that she had sex, did she? Well, she got impregnated somehow by the Holy Ghost. Really believe that she did. <laughs> I don't believe she did, but that's... Um, who am I... I no, According to the Bible, 
Mary was impregnant, visited by the Holy Ghost. Exactly. There we are. And Jesus was the result of that. So it can't, I mean, it's, it must have the backing of the Catholic Church. It doesn't well, necessarily. It must really have. Mean, but it doesn't necessarily mean she had sex with anyone. All it means that she oh, might have been virtuous. Turkey based her. It, it, exactly. It might have very, very well, uh, you know, done that way. So, uh, you know, that was that was a pretty well, big. It is, it, I was a pretty big jump on your part, actually, and I'm really surprised because really was as doubtful as you would would jump to that conclusion. But whatever. Your opinions. Well, what I said in the article is, I mean, there is a historical precedent for this, uh, for this, and that is in the Bible itself. But you, what you found is, I think I can't remember the name of the celebrity now, but if quite a, a notable film celebrity came forward and claimed, and I also think there was a pop star as well, came forward and claimed that they were having ghost sex, and then you get this wave of me too, me too, me too, and I mean. Whether you can have sex with a ghost, I don't think we need to debate that. Um, no. I, I, or the mechanics or, or anything else related to it. What I think you're dealing with here is a psychological problem. Uh, or two psychological problems. You have the psychological problem of thinking that you can actually have sex with a discarnate entity. Um, and, the second, and that you can become impregnated by it. And secondly, um, that uh, there is this desire for fame. And there is this desire for your five minutes of newspaper time or airtime, um, like that group that were down at Tintin Abbey. Right. There are... because, because what happens nowadays, people take a picture of a ghost or they have an unusual experience. They don't analyse it or think about it or consider it. All they do is run to the dailies, run onto social media and shout, oh, look what happened to me today, aren't I a special person? Well, yes, you are a special person, but for all the wrong reasons. So Keisha, I guess, had sex with a ghost too? Well, if you look through the history of witchcraft, um, and again, this comes back to the church, you have a long history of uh, witches claiming to have copulated with the devil, um, and a number of births resulted from that. In in fact... uh, well, I mean, which the, the, copulation the, with the devil was a feature outside of outside of the church. You had, you know, succubuses, incubuses. Well, yeah, I was coming to them, but in, in, I'm sticking you know, within the religious theme. Um, oh, I, I, so at the start, um, of my comments. Since I brought, brought it up, I'll go anyway. Well, I, I was going with the religious thing that I brought up. But the, in, well, in terms of uh, you have um, the basis of a lot of the charges against witches was that they copulated with the devil. Um, and that was that was as true in the New England witch trials as it was in the the European and British witch trials. Well, we had more consorted with the devil versus copulating with the devil. I well, it, it is for cotton mathers. mathers does record it um, in several of the New England cases when he's discussing the idea of uh, what witches get up to. I mean, the idea isn't unique to the 17th century um, New England or, or, or Great Britain. I mean, it, the, the idea of witch copulating with uh, devils and demons and spirits and ghosts is talked about in the Malleus Mal- Maleficorum, which dates to the 14th century from Europe. Um, and is uh, the book is translated as The Hammer of the Witches and was one of the sort of definitive works on witchcraft, which is the sort of lineal ancestor of all of these witch um, trials. 
very possible. Anyways, uh, I wanted to mention, and I think that's what we'll let that one die a slow death. Uh, <laughs> Why? It's because it's, it's the same old. Anyways, have you ever heard of uh, saging? Oh, yeah. I've, I've been the victim of it. Really? Yeah. It's very, very popular over here. That's right. And as it turns out, there's been a uh, new scientific study that uh, saging actually works. Not necessarily. Wait, hang on. Wait, wait, wait. When you say scientific study, by whom? Well, I have to go dig up the article if you really want well, me just, to Well, yeah, you can't just say scientific study. Well, I was just getting to the point of what it was because I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because it's basically they found out that Sajin, first of all, has a placebo effect on getting rid of whatever negative energy. But the more important thing, the thing they could actually prove was that an hour of Sajin reduces the number of airborne bacteria almost, oh, yeah. to, almost to nothing in a room. So I, I fully concur with that. that, Mr. Parsons. No, and I fully concur. Um, in fact, I was going to, if you hadn't said it, I was going to say it, that um, the use of airborne or sort of incenses and things does have and has been shown, demonstrably shown in studies, which I do have access to, but they're in printed material, um, that has positive health benefits. In fact, was used during the Middle Ages in, for example, the plague epidemics. Mm-hmm. Because although although they they knew that the or believed that the bad um, uh, I can't think of the word. Well, what, I, I'm stuck for the word. The the juju came from the air. They <laughs> the bad juju <laughs> came from the air. They didn't understand the mechanisms of viral transmissions and airborne no. bacteria. But they, I mean, you, you gave rice all these weird masks and herbs and things. But there were some. I mean, tea tree oil is a very effective one, um, and has been clinically uh, clinically trialled as an as an antiseptic agent. Sage also, and a lot of a lot of our modern medicines are derived from herbs. Um, right. I mean, when you think about aspirin, aspirin is one of the most salicylic acid widely used painkillers, and that was originally uh, derived from the bark of a tree. Mm-hmm. It still is. Um, we use artificial salicylic acid, but it's still yeah. there is still natural naturally derived right. salicylic. So, I mean, salicylic. some of these herbal medicines actually. Sorry, uh, did you say herbal? Right. The word has a H at the start of it. Yeah, herbal, right? Yeah, herbal. Yeah, only if you're in. You're not. You're not the barefoot. The bare, Only if the you're in a freaking con- foreign you're country. Not, you are not the barefooty contessa. If you only if you're in a freaking foreign country, you use, <laughs> use the word H. But you are in a foreign country. <laughs> but you absolutely are in a foreign country. I'm not. You, even, you even talk. You even talk in a foreign I'm language. The the capital of the world, the United States. Ah, a country, one of the few countries in the world that talks a foreign language. Yeah, exactly. Well, I talk a foreign language in any country. I'm well, that's true. That because <laughs> the United States speaks English. Yeah, but not the Queen's English. Ah, still English. Ah, ah, ah. ah it's English. Ah. It's not American. It's English. Nope. No, we don't stick extra vowels in our words. And... <laughs> no, you take the H's off the front of herbs. Right, they're silent. If we all know that. Well, I see. Yeah. Well, it's better than just to get rid of them, so we don't have to say them. Like the rather than the Irish, who just 
change them from a TH. That's to true. That's, a D. that's that's true. All of the Irish also discard the H, particularly in different. Like for example, the of, of well, they, yeah, they, the yeah, exactly. They they just throw it away. I mean, they ignore yeah. it. Uh, for example, the town of Ennis Corthy. If you're Irish, you'd say Ennis Corthy. Yeah. So, so anyways, uh, uh, since so I'm from conversation, do you do you have anything else you would like to add to this conversation, or are you just gonna uh, tokail, you know, no? Uh, what, what did we all sage? Uh, I've talked about sage. I've talked about sex. It makes good. Stu- it makes a good, It makes an excellent stuff. Abby, all you brought up was some fairy doors. Well, I've got more news, but I was just going to say, returning to sage for a minute, it also. Okay, return to sage for a minute. I mean, there are other remedies too, which are some of them which I've always questioned, um, because really? I mean, you can you can see where the derivation is coming in, uh, in from exorcism and uh, again, relig- quasi-religious, pseudo-religious practices. This idea of sprinkling salt um, around to lay the ghost or to get rid of the ghost. I understand. I mean, salt is. People sprinkle salt across doorways and entrances as a preventative. I mean, it's great for keeping slugs out. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it works for ghosts is questionable. Mm-hmm. Alongside some of the other smudges and incenses that are burned. Now, we, we have incense. Get water. Indeed. We, we burn incense because it smells nice and because it makes the atmosphere feel pleasant. And right. But you can, overdo, you can overdo it. How's the marijuana smell? Hide some marijuana smell, but you can I overdo it. That. I'm sure you did. No, I didn't. Oh, I'm sure we'll. Um, if you're listening to the podcast, just rewind about 15 seconds and just no, check. That, with, that was which that one was my doppelganger. Yeah, but I think um, in terms of incense burning, I mean, you can overdo it. I mean, there is there are many of these new age shops and vendors' premises that you go into, and I must admit, they burn so much incense in these places that, as you know, I wear contact lenses, and I've seen them instantly dry uh, yeah. from uh, as soon as you walk in. The, the contact lens just dries on the eye due to the sheer amount of incense and perfume in the air. Um, so, so. Very, um, I mean- there are so many different things. I mean, the uh, the ionization from the uh, Hermelian salt lamps, and, and those are pretty cool. Uh, and yes, um, they're incredibly popular as well. And and there is some proven health benefits, again, to the use of negative ionization within the air. I used to be able to buy quite... They were quite the vogue about 15, 20 years ago with negative ionizers or air ionizers, air purifiers. Yeah. And in fact, I mean, they're still available now. Uh, and what they, yeah, what yeah. they are, yeah, well, I mean, they're very effective at removing dust and pollen and um, other irritants from the air and, and particles of burning incense as well. Yeah. Um, because what they do is they, because they are negatively charged, they, they will apply a counter charge to the airborne particles, which then settle. I'm sure if anybody has had an ionizer and you've got an ionizer, you'll know how incredibly dusty the area around them is, because that's a good demonstration of the fact that they're working. Can they haunt it? No, they're just sucking the, they, they basically well, electricity. I bet you if you put a camera, you'll find lots of bugs. Well, you will, but um, so, in the, in, in the, so they attract oh. ghosts, is what you're telling me. Uh, yes. 
They do. They attract ghosts. Okay, thank you. That's that's good. And and anything else that's cruddy and nasty and floating around in the air, skin cells, because they apply an electrostatic charge mm. and opposing, and of course, two opposite charges attract, and that's why your ionizer always looks so bloody dirty mm. and dusty. But they're very very effective, and of course, um, salt or a certain sodium chloride and potassium chloride equally and some of the others will give off when heated or warm Peter? sorry salt peter well yeah of course it will salt peter you said right uh no That's i said sodium yeah. chloride potassium chloride i thought you said potassium nitrate i missed no 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 potassium chloride oh okay um in fact most of most of the um that group of related minerals will give off negative ions when warmed or heated uh, as indeed will water um and and have that's why we always feel good around running water in streams and that's why we feel invigorated when we're down at the coast because there is a, a higher level of negative air ions which have got which have had a demonstrable effect on um on people to make them feel better and that's one of the reasons why we feel better after a thunderstorm because the air is, is, is highly negatively charged or highly uh, uh, um, charged with negative air ions, which have, a, have a, a, an effect on many human beings to promote a feeling of wellness, well-being. You know, it's interesting. Uh, it's not bullshit. Whoa. There's so many uh, interesting things, uh, old remedies. And we, we, I, I brought up water, which is... Uh, has a long history of uh, connection with the paranormal. And uh, if you talk to Richard Felix, of course, he'll talk to you about the water tape theory, which he... Oh, yeah, yeah, he, which he invented. He, um, so it, I, I know we're coming up to the break, but uh, it's it's a lot of cultures, including us here in the, the Americas, uh, believe that water would trap uh, human souls, and, and, and that's why a lot of uh, towns and cities would have two cemeteries in the north and the south if they had any stream at all that ventured through the center of town. They, it was bad to bring the body over uh, running water because it would steal the soul. And uh, you know, and in actual fact, that that's replicated here in the west coast on the west coast of the United Kingdom, where ghosts are laid under. Uh, under running water they're oh, trapped oh. in bottles and thrown into fast running water from which they can't wait, escape wait, 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 excuse me i missed something trapped them in bottles yeah uh, there was a there was a generation in the 19th century of ghost catchers and they used to catch the ghost trap it in a bottle and throw it in a, in a fast moving river and, and and what kind of bottles were these specially designed any old bottle no any old bottle any old bottle will do any old bottle or jar would do well that's pretty cool mm-hmm I think we've got a uh, a new uh, sale here. I'm sure we can come up with, uh, you know, Steve well, Parsons ghost bottle catchers, ghost we catchers. Could put, we could put them on, alongside uh, Anne Kerrigan's stones. And my Van Helsing spray. Exactly. Anyways, we are hearing the tune somewhere, not on my radio, but somewhere, uh, which, tells us, which tells us the break is coming. I think they so, get added in later, don't they? So... Uh, <laughs> we're gonna take we're gonna take a break. You listen to Ghost Chronicles International right here on Tojita and Herrex Radio, hopefully, and we'll be right back after the following massages.
Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Guitar player fades fortuitously in the background. We're back to the part two. Like Ghost to do better. Part two of Ghost Chronicles. I'm not going to be interrupted. Part two of Ghost Chronicles International. With your hosts, New England's very own Van Helsing, and the, the proper gold standard in ghost hunting. <laughs> <laughs> you blew a raspberry. I did not. I can't believe you blew a raspberry. That's so, that's so childish. <laughs> No, I was just repeating the uh, the uh, ghost box. Uh, just, oh, and uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's so childish. <laughs> anyway, um, if I you're headed down, my tea, I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> if you're headed down to Circles of Wisdom and right next door to Batucci's, you're going to be disappointed because they're not there now. They've nope. moved. They're up by the radio station, so there you go. There we are. So um, yeah, we're going to need to get that sorted out. So do not head to um, 90 something, whatever, Main Street, Andover, because they're not there. Yeah, there you go. Do go to the Circles of Wisdom, wherever they might be. Now we've cleared that up. Shall we return to the news? Yeah. Do you have anything yeah. priceless? Oh, yeah. oh, I have something priceless. Oh, priceless. I, I yeah. like Priceless, as in... Um, Is this the article from the Wall Street Journal? No, it's the one I sent you um, a little while ago. Are you aware of the British word prick and what Excuse it means? Me? Do you understand the, the the British word prick, calling somebody a prick? I'm sorry, uh, we, we can't have that language on our show. Can't we? No, I'll have to block you out. Oh, fair enough. But not before I've said, prick of the week award goes to <laughs> <laughs> Barry Guy. 
who Barry has spent ye- yeah Barry Guy, who has apparently spent years in that. Well, he has spent years investigating hauntings, demonic entities, and the paranormal. In his latest uh, TV show, God Help Me, My House Is Haunted, where he is joined by fellow experts Sandy Lackdar and Chris Fleming. You remember him? Oh, Chris, yes. Yeah, to help homeo- homeowners who feel. Yeah, who fear their house has been overtaken by unwelcome guests. And in an exclusive chat with the Daily Star Online, Barry revealed that spirits could be far closer to each and every Brit than you might think. It's definitely, it's definitely possible that every British household is haunted to some extent, said the pillock. I honestly believe that there are spirits all around us, even here in this studio. Mm-hmm. Barry also told this site how he believes that Elvis Presley's spirit is restless and wants to communicate. He's, he, I'll tell you, he's not playing with a full deck, this one. I thought he was dead. Is he st- they still digging him up? Who, Barry Guy or Elvis? Oh, God bless him. No, Elvis. No, he's, he's apparently well and truly dead. What thing? Uh... He's died a thousand deaths, you know that, don't you? This this gentleman, Barry, also has been on record saying that uh, he believes that haunted dolls or dolls are portals to a spirit realm. God, no. So he's not playing with the full deck, this one. I mean, he's got a TV show, so he must be. Well, you know, there are lots of people with TV shows who shouldn't have them. Um, (laughs) And... uh, yeah, the cult of celebrity. I mean, he convinced, he convinced it's somebody. The, well, of course. I mean, the cult of celebrity and being on television is not a, uh, an affirmation of intelligence or expertise. Is, is he a celebrity in the UK? No. I never heard of him before. Too. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. He's a wannabe celebrity. He's a. He, I mean, he's been on a few programs and. You know, he, if you if you try and tackle him about it, though, he just accuses you of being uh, jealous of him. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm now displaying you know, like extreme jealousy. Does he does he have a, a, a what type of background does he have? Well, I, no doubt he has a background. I have worked with him. Um, oh, you have. I have. Um, well, we you didn't to- tell me this. Well, it's not something one likes. It. I'm not something I'm particularly proud of. Oh. Um, <laughs> and my memories of the experience are not. Yeah, you know, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rate him. I mean, as, a, as an individual, as a person, he was very pleasant. He was very personable. Um, as an investigator, I don't think he could find his way out of a damp, out of a damp paper bag. Um, but yeah, that's just my opinion, and I'm entitled to it. And he's entitled to his opinion of me, which probably won't be very nice if he ever hears what I've just said about him. He'll just be blocked again. Right. I'm sorry. It was just uh, yeah, the audio on the uh, link. You'll just be blocked again. Yeah, and criticised and called names, but hey. Yeah. Yeah, I think I can live with that. Ugh. Gold standard, I'm telling you. Whatever. Well, somebody's got to be. Okay, so what was the purpose of this article? Uh, basically, because he's got a television series, the ratings are probably failing, and he needs to sell more. Um, he needs to get more T-shirts. people watching the show. More, yeah, more, more merch. Mm-hmm. Okay. Link, link duly posted to the Ghost Chronicles page as we spoke. Okay, so anyways... Uh, like that. Yeah. 
you know, continue listening despite all this trivial that we're talking about because we have a lie, I mean, a brand new episode of The Teller of Curious Tales coming up. So you want to stick through that. We should have told them in the beginning of the show and they wouldn't have turned us off by now. They won't. They won't. They love us. Yeah, but we didn't turn us off. Thanks. I'll tell you what, we're, we're catching up. We're, we're up to episode 14 of The Teller of Curious Tales on the West World. Oh, there you go. And it's going down very well. Excellent. So, um, so yeah. That was a that was a good find. the the big th- the big problem with the Teller of Curious Tales the, the not a problem. The flying ointment is, I would love to know, uh, for for whom Where they came from. Yeah, for whom they were originally commissioned because clearly they were a work of some uh, effort and of some time and some consideration. And I'd love to know where they were ever broadcast. And how many have we broadcast here? We're up to twenty one. Um, we have. Uh, they did it slightly differently. They broadcast three tele, three stories per episode. So those were half-hour broadcasts um, in the fifties or sixties. And uh, so we have up to two hundred and fifty episodes available to us, whereas they they obviously had less. That's a shame. Anyways, moving right along. Uh, last show, in case you didn't hear about it, Steve and I uh, discussed. Uh, Sea monsters and lake monsters. Do you remember that, Steve? Well, it was here. Well, yeah, you know, your memory <laughs> seems to be failing, I guess. But uh, yours might be. You're considerably older than I. Yeah, I know. That's the sad part about it. That I actually have a better memory than yours. But well, anyway, uh, moving right along. Funny, I, the, the only person that remembers that, do you? Nope. <laughs> I, I in a recent article, and and I think you brought this up on the show. You just you just touched on it. But uh, there's been another sighting of the mysterious monster lake worm of Iceland. Have you I, heard I, I, I believe that we did briefly mention it. We gave it a sentence, I think, last week. Yeah, I think that's all we heard. But uh, first of all, you know, Iceland isn't that big of a country. Uh, but I don't warm, though. But uh, the frigid glacial lake called what? I'm not going to say that. Lager floor jolt. Ah, uh, you see, you've done it again, haven't you? You yeah. pick what? Why is it all the stories you pick have got really peculiar names? I don't know. I was pissed off the Iceland people now, so anyway. You can't say that word on. What, Iceland? Yeah, bad. <laughs> Anyways, it's the third largest lake, but since how small the country is, it can't be too big, right? It's probably a puzzle. <laughs> so, anyways, they, they've spotted this. this this creature, I guess, and uh, it's a worm-like beast said to measure from 40 feet all the way up to 200 feet. That's pretty big. And has been seen in these icy waters since the 14th century. It appears to have many humps as it swims. Why do they always have humps if it's a worm? Why would its hump go out of the water? I don't know. Wouldn't it go side to side like? What we need to do is catch one, and then we'll know. Wouldn't it go side to side like the snake? Well, some snakes, uh, actually, very few snakes go side to side. Only the sidewinder does. What in the water? That's how they swim. No, no, no. They actually go forwards. Excuse me. They go forwards. Their body undulates from side to side, but their motion of travel is forwards. Right, their motion is thing, but that's how they yeah. travel. Except for, one snake called the, except for one snake called the Sidewinder, which actually travels sideways, hence the name. Whatever. 
So this this creature has been seen since the 14th century, which makes a lot of. How long has Loch Ness monster been seen? You, the, since the eighth, sixth century. So it's got a little bit of. Uh, yeah, it's got a head start. Yeah, I mean, the Loch Ness monster's got uh, the first reported sighting was the sixth century, with another early sighting in the 12th century. Okay. Oh, do you want to give them the 15-minute warning that you promised them? Why did it come up? No, but you haven't given them the 15-minute warning, and we should have done it, because if you don't... No, 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 they haven't given it to me, we're all set. Okay. So, anyways, um, yeah, you you, you distracted me. I was trying to get into this thing. I deliberately distracted you, because you're always interrupting me anyway. I was right into this. (laughs) It's late. Oh, wow, it's hairy, too, evidently. Pretty mean looking. There's a picture of it. I better post that one on our page. Is it a photograph? Was it uh, taken by an investigator? Who no, was it's actually an artist's rendition. Oh right. Yeah. Actually, which, you know, you don't see very many artist renditions of ghosts, do you, in newspapers? You know, it's funny you say that, Steve, but because we have a we had this creature here in, in the states called the Dover Demon. In it, I remember that. And there were actually. Uh, what had happened after it was sighted, they went to the police station and, and uh, well, they, they had an artist rendition of it at the time it happened. So, in other words, it was fresh. It wasn't. Uh, so that was that was kind of intriguing. I, I, I like artist rendition. I think they're, uh, you know, at least you get an idea of what the person believes they saw versus a photograph. You've featured in a few, haven't you? What's that? I said you featured in a few. Uh, yeah, so. Anyways, so I guess we're going to play the. Uh, the yeah, tell- I think we should. Yeah, teller of curious tales because I episode twenty one. So let her rip. Tonight, I, the teller of curious tales, open my book once again and bring you strange and unusual stories, true stories, stranger than any fiction ever written. Listen to the teller of curious tales. We imagine that racketeering is purely an American institution, but this is not so. Probably the greatest sure thing criminal of this type who ever lived was an Englishman named Jonathan Wilde. This man concocted a scheme which has never been surpassed for ingenuity in criminal history. The gist of Jonathan's idea was this. First, he appointed himself thief-taker, a sort of policeman whose job it was to hunt and capture thieves. After this, he organised the thieves, highwaymen, pickpockets, purse snatchers and other light-fingered gentry into an organised mob and made himself the head. These criminals were then assigned to regular beats and everything they stole was turned over to Wilde. Instead of selling these stolen goods, He returned them to their rightful owners for reward. No reward, no return. 
This business grew to such proportions that Wilde was compelled to open a whole chain of lost property offices throughout London. Goods not so redeemed by the persons from whom it was stolen were not sold in England, but were packed in a ship owned by Wilde and sent to Holland, Belgium and France, where they were sold. A thief who held out on Wilde was arrested by him in his character as thief-taker, and since robbery was punishable by hanging, was promptly executed. This tended to keep the boys honest, although 120 of them were turned in by Wilde and executed. If any of Wilde's thieves were caught by an outside thief-taker, this thief was provided with an excellent lawyer and an iron-clad alibi. Nine times out of ten, he regained his freedom. The situation got so bad that one man had to redeem his family silver four times, and finally, the citizens of London demanded some sort of law to end this practice. In 1715, the Stolen Property Act was passed by Parliament. This law made it a felony to accept a reward for returning stolen property, but for over a year, Wilde managed to evade this law. One day, two of Wilde's hoodlums snatched £300 worth of laces from the shop of Catherine Stetham. She was a wise London shopkeeper and went directly to Wilde's office. He told her to come back the next day, which she did. The lace had been recovered, but was not at the office. Would Miss Stetham be so kind as to go with the porter? He would be glad to conduct her to its hiding place. Wilde refused to accept a reward, but she had to pay £50 to the porter before she was given her laces. That £50 was traced to Wilde, and on this evidence he was convicted and sentenced to hang. On the day before his execution, a confederate smuggled laudanum into Wilde's cell. It was insufficient to cause his death, but he remained in a daze until, as the English so quaintly put it, the hangman turned him off. The gong strikes. My time is up. The teller of curious tales has closed his book. On my next visit, I'll bring you other stories, curious tales, strange beliefs. Until then, Sleep tight. <laughs>
was actually quite common, and it was actually uh, you know, William Shakespeare put it down um, as dollars in several of his plays. And later on in the 19th century, very uh, late 18th and early 19th century, we did in fact overstrike one of the Spanish coins, um, the eight real, all the famous pieces of eight, um, and they were captured. They were often referred to as dollars. So there, there we go. Are. So we did have dollars in the UK first. You learn something every day. Did we? Did we? Did and why, did why we... wouldn't? Why wouldn't you? Since you know we we come from the UK, most most of our people did at that time. Well, yes. I mean, this idea of the dollar um, being an American. I mean, it is. It's a, it's you know one of the world um, primary currencies now. But uh, the use of the of the word goes back a long, 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 long way. Um, so there we have it. In fact, it's an Eastern European. Well, it might be an Eastern European word, but there are lots of other claims to it. Mm. Uh, the Hungarians, the Czechs, the Slovenians, the Slovakians, the Norwegians all have uh, coins. And we have even your friends over in Iceland. Um, uh, the Tala, the Dala, the Dala, the Dalor, Daldor, the Talero. The Polish Talar. There we are. See? Are All translate into English as dollar. There you go. You learn something every day, even if you don't want to. It's all about learning. You should always learn something every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, moving on. Another, that was a good one, so who knows when we'll get another one back. I mean, well, the teller of Curious Tales did ask me to pass on his apologies that due to commitments in his everyday life, um, he the schedule has slipped a little over a little, a A lot, a lot over. This is the British power of understatement, yeah. Uh, uh, I slipped a little over the past few months, uh, but tell it. But the teller of Curious Tales hopes that we will have them more often during the winter months mm-hmm. as things as things in the teller of Curious Tales day-to-day life get back to a more even keel. And for those who don't know, the teller of Curious Tales will be joining you when you come over here this fall for Spirit Quest. He will, and the plans are afoot to do a live Teller of Curious Tales on uh, night one, I believe, of Spirit Quest 2018. Is it I, night one? Is it the Friday? Yes, it is. That yeah. Is yeah, first night. So that will take two minutes. It'll probably be done in half the time that you do one of your card tricks. Although last year's card trick that you did was, I, I have to say, hats off to you, was one of the best I've seen. What? The one that you created for last year's show. What? The card trick. You gave me a compliment? Yeah. I gave you a compliment on the night. You just, last year, you were too sick to realise. Yeah. I had to lock you in the office. I'm not used um, to uh, getting compliments from you. Well, there we are. Um, but because you, you you created that one all by yourself. Yes, specifically for using. And, and it was excellent. Thank you very much. And I hope that you're going to surpass yourself this year. Uh, probably not. Oh, well, fair enough. It was a flash in the pan. Yeah, but a good one. Yeah. So, yeah, Spirit Quest, six weeks to go. And um, 
lots to look forward to. We have, of course, the Teller of Curious Tales live on the Friday night, Dining with the Dead on the Friday night. Um, presumably there'll be a fancy dress event on the Friday night. Absolutely. There we are. Uh, Chinese food? In search of pirates. No, no, we'll be having, uh, yeah. Pizza, I think. I think that's what. Oh, God, not again. <laughs> not no, Italian not pirates. Having, we are not having pizza on Friday night. Private no chicken pizza. And, and no chicken pot pie. No chicken pot pie either. <laughs> We're having something new that has never been had before. Oh, that sounds intriguing. I look forward to that. Um, so, what's happening on the Saturday? I've already, I, I obviously know, but obviously our listeners may not. Um, not too much. Well, that's not going to sell the event, is it? <laughs> no, actually, this year, of course, is in search of, uh, and it it's, it's it's so wide open to all of the things we have. You're presenting uh, Loch Ness monsters, and uh, we have, uh, you know, what we got UFOs. You know, that's weird. I talked about UFOs on on Monday show. Well, we have ghosts, we have UFOs, we have Loch Ness monster, we have. Um, I think we. Ancient mysteries. Ancient mysteries. In fact, Ancient it's towns. It almost like we're borrowing the the idea from Zach Quinto's new television series, In Search of. Have they shown the episode yet? The time slip episode. No. Buggers. Now, all we've seen is I've actually I've never seen the show. I know it's on because obviously I've seen oh, yeah. the trailer. And, uh, I've, I've seen the trailer. Play. One of them was Ancient Aliens, and one of them was I don't know. There's like four of them. Yeah, well, watch out for the time slip one. Um, it's worth watching. It should be coming up. I'm looking forward to it with bated breath. So am I. So am I. Although I've seen part of it. You have? Yeah. Excellent. Is it worth seeing? I would say so. I think the experts that Zach talks to, particularly in, in relation to the cases that took place in, in Great Britain, are, are worth listening to. You know, yeah, speaking about experts, Steve, and, and you being the gold standard of <laughs> gold something and all that stuff. That you're According talk- to the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you watch, like, you know, sometimes I throw on the UFO ones, like if I'm laying in bed and I'm ready to fall asleep, I'll throw that on until I do fall asleep. And they always have the same people. They have uh, the guy from Dune with the hair, you know. Mm-hmm. Looks like looks like he's one of them. Hanuk, uh, what are you? Hot? I can't see him. You ever seen Dune? Yes. What do they call hot cautions? Hot. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. He's got the hair like that, and of course, uh, the guy who wrote Chariots with the God, and and usually, oh, don't forget our good friend Nick Pope, who has been on the radio show, uh, show uh, many times. That's right. That's right. They, they, um, they, well, it's because they are most most television companies have like a little black book of people's names and numbers that they can call upon to give comments, and um, like over here, it's uh, Professors Chris French or Chris Wiseman, and they're usually trotted out as the to give the. Um, Contrary your opposing point of view, the uh, the the wise words of um, the skeptic. Basically, they're just turning up for the fee. Yeah, I'm sure. And who wouldn't? And there's the bell, of course, which means we have to go. That's a shame. Yeah, it's it's uh, chicken pie, chicken pot pie from the dead. <laughs> no. Anyways, we do. Have to go. <laughs> 
You've been listening to Ghost Chronicles International, Steve Passon and Ron Gullick. We touched on some of the news stories that are out there now, for the better or worse. And, of course, we've had a new episode of The Curious Tales. Check out Spirit Quest, anyghostproject.com, the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com. This fall, right here in the U.S., Steve will be coming over, whether you want him or not. Oh, quick question before we go from, from our producers. Who delivers chicken pot pie? Excuse me? Our producers have just asked who delivers chicken pot pie. I think they want to put an order in. Oh, I don't know. Well, you order it. Yeah. I don't remember anything else. Of course, it's a blur. No, that's true. But you did have it the year before. I did. Yes, we've, got one, we've got one minute. They want. I think they want to put an order in. It's a long way to deliver from New England to Texas. Yeah, it's from, yeah, it's from Drake. It's good pie, though, I'll tell you that. It much. is very, very good pie. Mm. But I don't think it will travel. No, no, I don't think so. But, uh, yeah. So, anyways, yeah, you can buy that, actually. Sorry, guys. Yeah, you're not going to get it unless you travel to New England. catering. Lindsay's catering. You could send them a note, and uh, there you go. Amazon. Did they do, did they, yeah, did Lindsay's catering do it on Amazon? I don't know. I'm just trying to fill the last 15 seconds. (laughs) I'm watching the countdown. (laughs) Are you? Yeah. Uh, Well, there we go. We're done. We're done. We are done. Yeah, sorry, sorry, guys over in uh, Tyler. You're gonna have to go to Drake for your chicken pot pie. Yeah. Well, that's of course you bite me down there, and then I will bring that's true. a fire to you. Yeah, it won't travel. Particularly yeah. not your hand luggage. So, anyways, there's the music. <laughs> you have to go. We mean hand luggage. I drive. <laughs> so. Thanks for listening. Anyghostproject.com. Check it out. Spirit Course. All of that cool stuff. Yeah. Until next time. Yeah. Good night. Good night. God bless. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.